I'm Konrad, and these are the Chronicles of Curious Characters. We feature a new character in each episode and their unique story. We explore their backgrounds and their passions. We focus on the melting pot of Luxembourg, but every now and then we will have guests from other countries. We'll be talking to locals and expats about what they love to do, what they're enthusiastic about in life, and what makes Luxembourg such a special place for them. My name, I'm going to just say the first and the last because I'm Portuguese and like all the Portuguese who have big names. So my name is João Fernandes. Uh, all my friends call me Padilla because it's my middle name. I'm uh, almost 53 next week and uh, I'm Portuguese. I was born in, in uh, Mozambique in Africa, but I passed all my life in Portugal. I'm living here for almost 11 years. And uh, I did a lot uh, of things in my life that you're going to know during the, our interview. Speaking about your past life, I know that you have done some very interesting, probably unusual, probably extreme adventures in military service. If you could tell us how this whole military experience started for you and why. Why did you join military and what kind of type of service you were serving in? This was a funny story. My uncle also was a parachutist, so this means that I was in special force parachutist. One day during visit study from school, we went to visit the parachutist school and I say, this is me, this is part of me, this new challenge, new experience, know myself. So I went there like a military service to do just two years <laughs> and I finished doing 25 years. So I passed all my life there and um, my studies, my, all my progression in life, all my learn. I was there for, like I said, 25 years and after I retired. So you joined as a, as a very young person. And you think that at that time when you joined, your personality was still formed and being in the military service helped you form your personality or your personality from the beginning fit in the military style? I always say this joking. I have education at home very hard. And um, when I went to the army, almost the same, but there they pay me, they give me money. So, but uh, there on army, you learn a lot about you. You learn how capable you can do the things, not just physical, but mental. And I always live in the mountains. So for me, doing the things hard was already normal. There was just a step higher, but uh, we learn a lot in army. What is the strongest memory that you have from the army? Very simple. That is very easy. I think this is for all Green Berets. We call Green Berets because we, in the end of our instruction, we win a Green Beret. This is the moment more special that stay for forever in us, parachutists, is when we win the Green Beret. This is the high point, the highlight in our military life. 
I can say a lot of one, but this one is the top of the top. And what do you have to do to win, to become a green bearer? Uh, a lot of sacrifice, physical and mental. A lot of trainings. Uh, we start with basic trainings. We have to go to uh, the train of jump for the plane and so on. And after after jump to the plane, you win the green beret. But after the green beret, we have more instruction, military instructions. And after six months, in my time, after six months, you have the real the green beret. So we do a lot of trainings, and not we have a. Um, a, fr a phrase in the army, todos os boinas verdes são voluntários, mas nem todos os voluntários conseguem boina verde. Translate this is, all parachutists are voluntary, but not all voluntary can win the Green Beret. So, I think you mentioned that you served in the army for over 20 years. 25. 25 years. And I guess that when you left the army, you didn't leave as a private. You had a certain rank. Yeah. Can you walk us through the way that you progressed in the army and different stages and steps that uh, okay. you accomplished? Yeah. When I started in army, I was a simple private. And after I went corporal instruction, when I after I was a corporal, and after that I was went in the military sergeant school. When I passed two years until I have the my my ranks sergeant, and uh, I stayed there for several years. In the end, I went to the staff sergeant school. So you have on your life, military life, you have all these progressions, but not just that. After you also have some uh, trainings inside that you I did a lot of trainings like. I was teaching, I was instructor of parachutists, so for that you need another training. The, the, the life in the army is, like I say, is open to a lot of trainings that you can do there. And you find yourself also. And you mentioned that you were an instructor. Yeah. I think you also need a certain level of, to be able to approach people as an instructor. Not everyone is able to be an instructor and teach others. Can you... Tell us uh, what you find the most important when being an instructor and teaching others something or teaching others parachuting, for example. First thing is learn to read the persons. You, on that, you know when you meet the, your students, that you can say, you know uh, how the behave of them, if they are good, if they are lazy, or if they are just tired, or sometimes uh, you find people that are very strong, physical, but mental, very weak. And you find people very weak, physical, but very strong, mental. And uh, these people that very weak, physical, and very strong, mental, they always go far. Because the mental can change the physical and you go real. And... Like instructor, you learn to know the persons. When you meet the person, the way they behave and so on, like instructor, you learn a lot of that. I think this is the most the, po the point most strong, like instructor. And your experience of being an instructor in the army, is that also translating 
to your life after the army? Not at all. Completely different. One thing that we have in army is honor. We, when you give there, we know. And uh, there, we, when you work, we work with your soul. I'm sorry to say that because when I pass to civilian life, I also work in uh, civilian companies. And it's completely different. It's complete other world. And uh, in army, yeah, in army we know what dealed. And uh, maybe you can say this, in army is like uh, black and white. We don't have gray. It's difficult, mental, difficult, physical, but the, the work together is more easy. So the, the work is easy because of black and white. And do you think that overall the military life it's also easier because you have black and white and in the outside of military you have this gray areas and you don't know if you're doing good or not and what kind of decisions to make? I could say that uh, it's more easy when you have rules that is like that, that you work and so on. And uh, in the civilian we have, um, sometimes you work so much and you are not appreciated. You work a lot, and uh, the persons don't see that kind of work. In army, you work this, you have a mission, you have a target, and you finish the target. You don't say, go, yeah, good work, and so No, you have the target, you finish the target, they give you another target, and you finish target. The, the things are, when I say black and white, you know what you're going to do, period. It's like, uh, I'm going to now teach 300 men to jump off. Parachute, I gotta teach 300 men of parachute and after I do another thing and the, the, the things are clear. And uh, in civil life is, my opinion, a little bit different. We are always adapt. I don't say that is bad, but uh, it's different. Mm -hmm. And I guess in the 25 years being in the military, you had some interesting missions. Is there a mission or two missions that you can share with us? Yeah, I had uh, two missions. One in 96 in Bosnia, Herzegovina. And I have one in 2000 that I was in East Timor. The both was uh, completely different. But on the both, we learn a lot. We learn a lot like persons. We learn a lot how to work in team. And uh, it was a nice experience, a real nice experience. In Bosnia, the, the Timor was the same. It was please keep it. So we are doing like surveillance, uh, help the people from from there. Uh, some scouts. Okay, we have a lot of. They finished the war in both sides in Bosnia and Timor, and there we are try to keep because sometimes they, when you finish a war, you have only some parts that are not happy. Some and uh, they always want to keep that the war or the, the, these uh, bad things that continue. So we've been there. This is like, they, okay, they are there. We keep more peaceful and so on. It was nice. We learn a lot there because when we go to these countries, uh, we don't have nothing. We start from scratch. So we must adapt. You must always uh, do our best for us, for our men, but also for the, the people that live in there, for the... 
And you mentioned a couple of times the fact of adaptation. And I think one of those missions uh, you had to adapt because you were thinking or you were giving instructions for uh, a mission that would take very short time, but then you ended up a few days. Yeah, this, yeah I, I told you that story it was funny. We were in East Timor and uh, we went... Uh, they give a, a mission to us, a mission that was just a few hours. <laughs> and uh, we went, we uh, did the mission. And when we went, went back, the chopper come, the helicopter come and give you us a mission that continues for three, four days or five days now, I don't remember. And uh, I remember that in that time, we had to just have the little bags with the little things. And we do not prepare for... Um, for stay so many so many days so many nights in the in the mountain we are in uh, East Timor and funny that uh, in uh, East Timor on the mountain during the day the weather is good during the the night the, the weather damn cold and we don't have nothing and uh, I remember me and my man we must adapt to catch some vegetation uh, to to do some uh, covers some beds for we sleep but uh, this we learn that we can do a lot of things we are prepared to accomplish missions that sometimes we think that is impossible in this kind of missions uh, which you already mentioned before adaptation is one part but what plays an important role is also the uh, being mentally strong because if you are faced with a challenge, like we mentioned, the mission got extended to a few days, you had no equipment, you had to adapt. If you're not mentally strong that you realize, okay, now I have to overcome this obstacle, then no matter if you're as strong as Schwarzenegger, uh, you can fail because you will just break mentally and you're not able to, to continue your mission. These, yes. When you go to these missions, you must be prepared mental not just physical but mental because there you're going to be for example going to be six months away from your family also not easy for the family that stay in the at home but you must be very strong mental to do all your tasks all your objectives and uh, you can be do just 10 push-ups but mental if you can do 20 kilometers without stop i prefer this person but yes, we must be very strong mental for do all the missions that they give to us. And why did you leave the service? I arrived at one point in my life that uh, I decide to, I need more. I need different kind of challenge. They allowed me after the 25 years that I passed in army, they allowed me that I leave. And also in that time I was married and... Um, my Katarina, my ex-wife, she pr ever proposed to work to come here in Luxembourg. That's why now I'm in Luxembourg. And I decided, okay, I need a new challenge. Let's see the other side of civilian life. So I decided to leave. I think it was the, on the right point of my life that uh, I was still young, 44 years old. So let's do it. Let's be crazy. And do you sometimes miss the military life and, I guess, the colleagues? Because on the missions, you form a special bond with the 
fellow uh, soldiers. Honest is not because I don't like them, I like them. It's not because I don't like my military life, because I love my military life. If I miss, no, because I have a new challenge, new things in life. So I pass another another part on life. When you miss, it's like, uh, for me, if I miss that, it's like, oh, my life now is not good. So, no, I don't miss. I like to be with them when I go there. I always going to visit them because they are good memories. I have great, amazing friends there. I have one that for me is Moreira da Silva. I have others, Oliveira, Farfalha, Camilo. Camilo is not a bad name. He's <laughs> the last name, Carlos. Uh, I have a lot of friends there. Andrade, Inácio. I can say here, I can stay all my interviews. Say, yeah, I always go there, visit them. And always going to visit the army. My, I have an amazing commanders. I also go say there, I have an, an amazing commander that I like a lot. That was Abreu. I have also Prestrello. Okay, I don't say more of if not. No, I don't miss that life. I love them and so on. Because now my life is another one. And this is a new challenge and so on. And I know based on our conversation before that one of the big passions that you have in your life is photography. Can you tell us how you got into this form of art and why? I think I have a little passion when I was a kid with my parents. They always have photos. But the, the photos real start in 96 when I was in Bosnia. I was completely in love with the photos. I was still using films and so on. And was from there that I started to take photos in the Bosnia. I take a lot of photos, I still have it. And my passion started from there. And from there, uh, I continued to take photos in the army. And uh, like I was an uh, instructor parachutist, I was doing skydiving. So I loved the true skydiving in the um, uh, photos, so I managed to put the two together, so I became a cameraman by myself, and after the team, the Portuguese team of skydiving, military Portuguese team of skydiving, Falcões Negros, they invite me to go inside, and since then I take a lot of photos from the competitions, from them, for people jumping, and from there, I knew it, Moreira da Silva, and he also is a, an amazing military. And he decided for the first time in Europe, jump with Europe, if I don't, I don't mistake, in the world. But I don't, in Europe was for sure. He decided to jump tandem, him, a military, Rocha and the dog, Cosmos, and invite me to make the photos. And uh, the result was an amazing photo that uh, went around the world in several kind of magazines. Also in the um, Santo Mé Prisp, they put in the stamp, the photos. I have this. And this for me was the highlights of my photo, my passion of photography. The, the listeners uh, don't see the photograph. Of course, we will put a link to the picture in the show notes. So feel free to, to go on the website and, and click on that link. Uh, but just to describe to the listeners how it looks like there are indeed two people jumping in tandem and there was a dog attached at the bottom um, to the person. 
and the dog doesn't look scared. Uh, he or she actually looks uh, fascinated and, and happy. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I don't think it was the first jump for the dog, was it? For that jump, yes, because this is high, high altitude. Do we have uh, automatic uh, jumps with the dogs? That is more low altitude, uh, 300 meters. That was a little bit more high, 3,000 meters. Yeah, our dogs, military dogs, uh, use and I prepare and add training for this kind of situations that they call war dogs. I don't want to talk more about war dogs because this is not my field and I don't want to say something wrong, but they are prepared to jump. They, they jump a lot, but that, this jump was the first one. And did you have to do any special preparation before that jump and before taking this picture? Did you have to coordinate? Did you have to walk yeah. through? Yeah, yeah. We have, uh, during all the jumps, we always have a briefing before. And that special jump that include me, the cameraman, the jump, Moreda Silva, the girl, uh, Rocha, and the dog. Okay, the dog, we don't participate in the briefing, but... All us, we need to have a briefing to know how to behave, to know how to go out, to know how altitude you're going to open, and so on, so on, so on, so on. But yes, every jump, with dog or not dog, and so on, we have a briefing. How afterwards the photography developed for you? What kind of pictures have you been taking until now? And what type of pictures are the most interesting for you? Is that portrait is it still life is uh, are those pictures of action honesty photography for me is open i don't uh, resume my photography is just the one thing i love to try everything i did uh, with motorbikes because i love motorbikes i love take photos of motorbikes i like to take more tr- photos of uh, monuments of nature i like to take photos radical I like to catch that moment that when you look to the photo and say, wow, I don't have one special thing. I love to try everything, learn a little bit about everything. So for me, I'm complete open. Photography is an art of still images, but I think you're also involved in the moving images as well. And you're very passionate about, you're, I think you're, you're passionate about all things that are media related. Why do you think is that is the case? Why why photography and why videography? <laughs> I guess the listeners already already guessed. Why not something else? Why not painting? Why not uh, I don't know uh, sculpturing? <laughs> painting I never try. <laughs> I I also don't say if I do, in the future I don't try. Uh, sculpture also not. The 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 video and the, the... The photography is, I like the both because you can build something. And you saw last time when we talk, I'm a person, when I'm talk, I also show, I'm very visual. And maybe because of that, when I talk with someone, when I want to share my experience or want to learn something, like we have a, a, a sentence in my country, like a image is more important than 1,000 words. And maybe because of that, I can share to the other persons the experience that I have it and uh, I saw, I see, so the the persons can also see that. And after, when you can not manipulate, but 
make edition of these videos and so on, and you share more in short part of time. That's why I love it. And what's the most challenging part for you when shooting a video or a photography? The challenge, and this is very easy to say, when you see something, when you see a sunset, for example, or when you see a, or you jump in a plane, or when you do rafting, you can share that experience that you have it in a photo. And sometimes what you see, and after when you see the photo, is not the same. And this is my big challenge, is you can pass, share to other persons, all your image that you have it, on most real possible. And sometimes this is, I think this is the challenge more past that, that love that you feel in the moment through the photo and through the video. And would that also be the most rewarding part of being able to transfer that, that feeling? Or is there also another part of reward for you? No. For, for me, it is like, uh, for example, I give one, one example. I was uh, one month ago in Bali. And I saw the um, the most amazing sunset. I was, wow. I was not expecting this sunset. And when I take the photo, was there. And this, I was not expecting this kind of sunset. When, when I showed the other persons this photo, the other persons are in love. And yeah, this is the best moment when you feel it, that the photo that you take it was there and when you see the other persons and the other persons you see the, the that the bright in the eyes and this they say that wow and this for me is amazing i was i was actually thinking and you already just mentioned that that the learning aspect right yeah. because you like learning new things continually and yeah. it's the more different types of photography you have the more different learning opportunities you have I love challenge. I always learn new things. I finished now a training for development of projects of multimedia projects. And there is a training that they give you online in Portugal. I love so much this training because I already love working photography and video. And there I start to learn also work in After Effects, animation and other stuff. I almost finished now the training. I'm now going to deliver my final project. I think this is my life, is learn things about life. So you are learning quite a lot for yourself. Are you also teaching others? Personal, not yet. But every time that someone go, come to me, I teach everything that I know. I always say, if you know something, teach so these don't gonna be forget it. So I love to teach. So for now, I start to train myself and maybe in the future, if I have time, if I don't gonna learn something, yeah, I gonna do some workshops to teach my, what I learned until now. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I think you're also a, a personal trainer. <laughs> yes, I know I'm a personal trainer. I train several kind of clients. I was also uh, instructor of collective classes. I was giving also 
dance class, body combat class, body attack class. So yeah, and now I'm also now I just give up of collective classes. I'm not just personal trainer. Like I say, the life is too short for you to stay just in one thing. So you're you're also teaching other people uh, through your personal trainer job. Yes, I what I I teach uh, I help the other persons to be strong physical because most of my clients are more than 50 years old so they have jobs that they work in um, office positions and so on and what I have uh, helped them is to have the right posture the so make them strong so they can arrive to a old age when i say old is 70 80 without uh, physical problems so because like you see i'm almost 53 and i'm jumping around like a crazy yes one thing that i that i noticed when you came in i live on the third floor and i was really impressed that you took the stairs and that you didn't take the elevator because in this moment, uh, what's happened with the persons, uh, don't take me wrong. I hope that your listeners don't take me wrong. But uh, the persons are, I, I think this is a strong word, I hope not. The persons are lazy. And they, if they want to do 300, kilometer, or 300 meters or 400 meters, they take the car. Or if they want to do the first floor, second floor, they take the lift. And these little exercise that can change your life. And yeah, you're going to be arrive a little bit more late, one minute or two minutes. But you did your exercise. And this little change, your life will be changed a lot. You mentioned that you focus on people who are 50 years old or older. Your clients, do they come to you already when they have some health problems? Or your clients are thinking ahead and they come to you before they have any physical pain or issues? I have all kinds of two clients. I have one in particular. For me, this is a very strong client. He has a 62, if not mistake, or 63. If you listen to this, forgive me. And he's astonished because he always trained all his life. He trained with me four times a week. And he is very strong. I admire this this person. But also, I have other clients that train with me because before he didn't train a lot. He didn't train zero. And he start now. But start now. He start about two years ago. And he never stopped. This is the thing. These persons that come with me, they come with me because some have problems, but the others always train. And the good thing of all of them is they always come and they didn't give up. They continue to do the training. Because in our days, we have a lot of persons that say, I must train, I must subscribe, I must, I must, but they don't do nothing. And most important of these, all my clients that I have it now, and also other clients, uh, they do the training, is they do it and they continue. This, I think, is the more important. It's not the problem if they already do, if they have issues of their problems and so on. To be a personal trainer for this kind of clientele and with this particular goal, uh, did you do any special workshops or you, you are taking experience from your military years? To be a personal trainer, you must have training. So 
I have the training on the military, but uh, after I also take outside several kinds of trainings, uh, trainings, uh, workshops, because uh, this is very important when you train someone. It's not like you go take photos or do things by yourself. You are training someone with the body of someone. If you do the things wrong, you're going to mess up. So it's very important you know what you do, physical and mental. Physical, because if you do something wrong, the person's going to be hurt for the rest of the life. But mental, how are you going to train them to pull him up to do these kind of uh, push-ups, do kind of, kind of exercise and so on. But yes, you need to be trained. And um, have you noticed with your clients uh, any particular or maybe new issues that have occurred uh, during and after COVID? Like what I don't understand. For example, because uh, because of COVID, people are uh, working more from home. They move less. Have they developed any new issues, or does it really does not correspond to your type of clients? All my clients uh, during the COVID, I always train my clients. Uh, luckily, some stop. Others we I, we train online. They didn't stop, and these persons when they train for a long time. They don't want to arrange excuse of uh, COVID or Corona, COVID, uh, to don't stop training or to train less. Uh, they use these to train more because, believe it or not, when you train, you feel more energetic and you want to do more. And uh, you have also the interaction because... This is funny that we say a personal trainer is not just a personal trainer, he's also a, a psychologist, I mean, a shrink. So we all talk. And there, I don't like to call my clients. I like to say they, they are my, my trainers, the person that I teach my students. And um, we create like um, a bond between me and him. Them, sorry. Now we have a tattoo. One, two, three. Uh... Uh, are you lost? One? <laughs> uh, no, here. No, here. One, two, uh -huh. and I have one here. Three. And what there? So I guess the the third one. The third one is army. From army. This is the uh, my three passions that I have here. Yeah. This you can talk about this because this is a funny story. We went to to see a movie, Street Fighters, and there was Van Damme with the American flag. And I was during the movie with my men and they say, if I was me, I don't do that. I do a Portuguese flag. And after we went to dinner, I <laughs> become drunk and I did the, the Portuguese flag was so, was so bad. And uh, so I have just a Portuguese flag. I am that tattoo for three, four years. And when the side, one day I decide with Katarina, my ex-wife, we, I must rebuild the tattoo. So there I build the tattoo. I designed the tattoo. So I put uh, a shield around the flag, a uh, digital eye and uh, wings. So the, the, sh the shield was represent my professional military, defend the, the country. Digital eye was the photography and the wings was the skydiving. 
the, the funny was because I was too drunk when I did the Portuguese flag. I, so, so you went to the, the cheapest uh, tattoo place because you said... No, I didn't want to the cheapest tattoo. was my man's. So you were colleagues doing the tattoo for you? No, it was my, my man's. When I say my man's, I was the sergeant. And I have a, a section of men's that I'm responsible. So it was one of them. I don't remember who. But yeah, it was them. So... Do you think he was he was just bad in doing the tattoos or it was a revenge on you for something? No, he was just bad in tattoos because I have a, a friend, also a sergeant, also, that he do also tattoos on chairs that was the wings. So I don't know what was worse, if it was his wings or my, my, my flags. <laughs> A big obrigado, which means thank you in Portuguese to Joao for sitting down with me and sharing his stories from the military and combining one of his passions, photography, with skydiving, which allowed him to take the first photograph in Europe of a military dog skydiving with two persons. You can find the link to Joao's photography in the episode show notes, together with the link to his multimedia portfolio where he shares his works. Stay tuned for the next episode in which we will continue talking to Joao about his passions to motorcycles, camping, and sharing his knowledge with others, especially his son. The music in this episode is thanks to Poddington Bear. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast. You can find lots of subscription options to different services and apps on our page, chroniclesofcuriouscharacters.com. Thanks for listening and have a great day.